when you grow up in a place where there's no rules, like there's also no boundaries. And so you have all this freedom and so you're building something all the time. I think it's a feeding ground for the characteristics that it takes to build an entrepreneur. I'm Lindsay Linton Buck, and you're listening to the Women in Wyoming podcast series, where I talk with inspiring and influential women around the state and learn about their lives, journeys, and how they got to where they are today. This is Chapter 2, Filling the Void. This chapter features women across the state who address a need or opportunity within themselves, their communities, or out in the world. This time, Megan Grassel. Megan is a Wyoming entrepreneur, teen founder, and the CEO of Yellowberry, a bra, underwear, lounge, and activewear company for girls ages 8 to 14. Megan started her company when she was just 17 years old as a junior in high school. She's been named to Time's 25 Most Influential Teens, Yahoo's 24 Millennials to Watch, and Forbes' 30 Under 30 list. Now in her early 20s, Megan is revolutionizing the bra industry from Wyoming by creating a product that's not over-sexualized for young girls. I talk with Megan about growing up in Pinedale and later in Jackson as a competitive ski racer, why she feels so passionate about creating this brand for young girls, and her vision for Yellowberry to become a household name as the brand that girls grow up with. Here's Megan. I grew up in Pinedale, and then I was a fifth-generation Sublette County Pinedalian, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what was yep. that like growing up there? It was amazing. Pinedale was a really small ranching community, and so we were part of that. We had horses and goats and chickens, and there were so many things that we learned growing up in that way, but also just looking out for one another and having a lot of trust in the people around you. In the summer times, my brother and I and maybe a friend or two would bike up to Fremont Lake, which is 10 miles from town, and we would just swim all day in the water, run off the docks and jump in the lake. And we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any type of way to communicate while we were gone. Everybody kind of along the way looks after you because it's a small town and you all know each other. And gosh, we were so lucky. There were no rules. There was just so much freedom, I think, that you experience in a small town in Wyoming. So I just think it's kind of special. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. And I think a lot of people in Wyoming can relate to that sense of freedom and self-reliance. Wyoming is such an amazing state. Like, I think it just cultivates entrepreneurship on so many levels. Anything from really big picture companies and startups and small businesses or what have you. When you grow up in a place where there's no rules, like there's also no boundaries. And so you have all this freedom. And so you're building something all the time. I think it's a feeding ground for the characteristics that it takes to build an entrepreneur. Yeah. You grew up really competitively ski racing, and that was kind of your thing. Tell me a little bit about that. So I started ski racing with a ski club in Jackson when we still lived in Pinedale when I was seven years old. And we drove three hours round trip to practice, which started us once or twice a week. And then as I got more competitive and older and more into it, we got to the point where we were driving five or six days a week for training. And that was one of the big reasons why we moved to Jackson, because as competing at a national level, really competitively, doing very well, I learned a lot mentally. And when you're dreaming for something so big, understanding the time and the commitment to go after that, you know, it's similar to Yellowberry now, like when I was racing, I didn't have much of a social life because you're training and you're traveling and catching up on school and it is your life. It was a huge part of my identity and my childhood and definitely growing up in Wyoming. You were this super competitive ski racer and had this experience growing up on a ranch in Pinedale. Where did the idea to start this bra company for young girls begin? So my parents are were business owners and I liked the idea of being my own boss, but I never thought about apparel or retail because that's nothing that I was ever really interested in or thought about. 
So I have a younger sister, Mary Margaret, and we went shopping to buy her first bra all through the mall to all these different stores. And I was like, why is everything that she's supposed to buy this super sexy padded push-up bra? And she walks out of the dressing room with what was literally suggested as a super popular first bra. And it was a leopard print push-up. And she didn't really have much to say. And I was just like, you can't wear that. Like this is just, it's inappropriate, but it's weird that this is what is. I left the trip and I was really frustrated. And a week later, my dad won this bra as a gag gift raffle prize. He gave it to me because he was like, obviously never gonna use it. And it was the first one I'd ever seen that was not a sports bra, but didn't have any padding. And I remember holding it in my hands and I had, that was kind of the click. And I was like, this is exactly what Mary Margaret needs. This was a super high-end, very expensive couture thing. Really colorful, comfortable, like this is what should be for little girls. And that moment was when I just totally latched on and I was like, I'm gonna build this company, I'm gonna create these products. And I, for lack of a better word, just became so obsessed with it. I look back and I still have a like still have that obsession but it was very intense and I haven't really stopped thinking about it since. What actually made you think that I can do this and I'm going to go out and do this and I'm going to make this happen? It hit me so hard and I thought of it in a lot of ways like for my sister and then in large part for other girls like her and like myself and for me it was always bigger than just a bra that might be where it started but look at the potential for what i could build to help girls grow up without feeling this intense pressure from all these different angles about growing up so fast and being so sexy all the time how did you figure out how to make it the huge success that it is now (laughs) i i just was really dogged and i was like i need to get it in front of somebody with influence or that has a large community that could talk about it And I also needed money to do that. So I actually launched a Kickstarter campaign. We made this video telling the story and the brand of Yellowberry and everything. And it just went totally viral around the idea that like bras for girls don't have to be sexy. And my campaign, I was supposed to raise like $25,000, which to me, I was like, if I have that, like that would be so amazing, whatever. I didn't even, wasn't sure I was going to make it. And it did almost double that, which was, it was like the most successful lingerie Kickstarter campaign ever. And then from that, we had all this press and PR and it was just, First of all, nobody knew this at the time, but like we were so quickly sold out of bras. And then I went on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and the New York Times. We don't have product, and we can make like a hundred at a time. And so we had a lot of back orders. It was it was a really fun startupy time. But it was that was kind of the moment too, where I was like, okay, like I really do have something because it was finally proven. I just have to figure out how to build this product and hire some people to help and yeah. graduate high school and go well, from there. Exactly. So you're still in high school at this yeah. point. Aren't you supposed to go to college? And yeah. that's the normal next step. But yet you've just launched this company. It's starting to take off. So talk to me about that time. I ended up not racing my senior year, which was I was really sad about because it felt like at that point it was like, quote unquote, retiring from something I loved. My coaches were really angry. My parents were not that happy about it. But I knew that I couldn't graduate on time, apply to college, race fist and start this company, which at the time was just an idea, something had to give. So I gave up ski racing to start Yellowberry, which felt crazy at the time, but I'm glad that I did it. So I had applied to all these schools where I was like, I could go and I could ski race. And I was, so I was supposed to go to Middlebury College in Vermont, never quite made it there. (laughs) You know, we went into Nordstrom or we'd raise money or bring on some more employees. And I was like, I just can't go right now. And finally they were like, okay, you either need to come or you're going to lose your spot. Cause I was kind of deferring semester by semester. Mm-hmm. I had never, it had never crossed my mind that I wouldn't go to school or that I wouldn't cross the door to start college. It was not the plan that my parents had. I think that was just a little weird to feel out because I didn't, there's not like a ton of 
women people can just point to and be like look at her success look at what she did and she's doing really well and she didn't go to college or at least none that I knew of a year or two later I ended up becoming a part of a fellowship program and they give you a grant and it's just to help support you and bring you together as you start your companies so I think it wasn't really until I became a part of the Teal Fellowship that I was like oh this is not totally crazy it still is a little crazy but it's not the total not right. norm to not go to college. <laughs> You're like a part of something. Yeah. So how fast did it grow after that? Like once you were getting on the Today Show and like <laughs> your backstock, like what was your trajectory from that point? I think initially it's sort of like the, what you idolize, which is like hockey stick. You know, you go from sort of zero to hero really quickly. So my mom became my partner because I was like, I have a calculus test, Spanish homework, can you help me pack some boxes? I could not handpick a better partner to this day. But a lot of it was like, we hadn't done it before. So you're learning a lot by trial and error and making good decisions and bad decisions and then trying to make up for the bad decisions. And it happened fast. So I think we rode this PR way for the next like two years, year and a half. That was really so organic and quite unbelievable when I look back at that. And it opened a lot of doors. It was really incredible. We ended up partnering with American Eagle for a while, which was really cool. That just kind of further, you know, shared the Yellow story and the brand and the company. And then I think from there, it was just you know, how can you keep up, maintain, and continue to grow? And starting with that first bra to get her all the way until she's like ready, feels like she's ready to move on to her next step. What can we do today to really make sure that that happens? And how can I, as a CEO, as the founder, make sure that I do everything in my power to maintain that growth and our stamp on the world? Let's talk about your brand because I love your brand. You have such a strong vision and you have such a strong voice. How do you know how to do these things with your brand? Is that just super intuitive for you or was is that something that's been thought out and developed? The branding for Yellowberry has just been very intuitive. And I look back and I'm like, to me, it just, for lack of a better phrase, it just made sense. And this brand was so important to me. And so I felt like if I was really going to build something to support girls as they grew up, like every piece of the company had to be on message or kind of bleed through with that idea of celebrating rather than rushing to grow up. So I landed on Yellowberry because if you think about a berry before it's red or purple or ripe, it goes through different yellow stages, which is synonymous with the yellow years of a girl's life that I was going to be focused on for the company. And then the photography was a really big piece. So I started taking pictures of um, my sister to put on the website. And I was like, you know, this just feels really creepy to take them from the front. Like she's a little girl. There's weird people out there on the internet. And I was like, you know, why don't we turn her around and do it from the back? And then we obviously do lay down so you can see the front of the bra. And I was talking to this photographer and she was like, that's literally the opposite of what you're supposed to do. But I was like, you know, from a branding perspective, we're like standing behind her and supporting these girls as they go out and take on the world. And the third piece was I was in my bedroom and I was like, I have to package these things and send them out when I have customers. I don't know how to do that or what to do. And so again, I was like, okay, what can I put on these that like, if you get the box, you didn't know about Yellowberry, but you would sort of feel the, the brand. And I was like, okay, the copy's got to be really strong. I lost a sister a very long time ago. And when she died, her godparents had written this list of 10 things that were kind of the, you know, in memory of her, but the essence of Caroline. And I was looking at them and I was like, you know, some of these are more than just Caroline, but really kind of embody what it means to be like a young, youthful girl. So I pulled six of the 10 because one of them is like, wear as little clothing as possible, which does not pertain to Yellowberry. The ones were, you know, go barefoot, seek and find a hug when you need one, love the outdoors and nature, very Wyoming kind of things. And I put them on the tags and they're now actually sewn into the garments. And girls now will literally, they'll collect the tags because they want to have all six mantras. And so we've ended up making like a lot of patches 
badges and stickers and things with them as well. I think that's really special because it was never something I think anybody in my family envisioned, but it's a cool way to have her kind of a part of Yellowberry. Absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing tribute. This is something you talk about too with your brand is just not rushing that process and you don't have to just become a woman all of a sudden. Totally. I also have always tried to say too like it's not it's not our place to say what's appropriate or what's not or what's right and wrong but I think girls need to have the option because some girls just naturally will jump from like 10 to 18 like that wasn't really me that's not a lot of girls but some girls do but the girls who you know, maybe you're not on that path. Like it's just, everybody is so different, but this massive wave of the over-sexualization of girls, it's crazy that there's not more than just one other option, you know? Well, and your brand is so much bigger than this bra company for young girls. Why is this issue of the over-sexualization of young girls in the media and elsewhere so important to you? You know, my mom said something to me funny one time when she was like, I feel like it's almost like you're building something that you wish someone would have built for you. I was really interested in the images and social media and the way in which girls are looking at their role models and how those are portrayed and how it is so sexual all the time. And it's hard to get away from that in any capacity. And so when I started Yellowberry, it was kind of this grounding moment where I was like, I can actually do something to actually make a difference. And so I think that's what's also kept this fire going where it's exciting to see girls have their first bra and like grow up with the Yellowberry brand and be, you know, at least one step less kind of pushed by that, all that stuff around. So I love your email signature it's and it's on your website too but Mm -hmm. it's speak to girls with the authority they deserve Mm -hmm. and I remember the first time we emailed and that came back I was like yes (laughs) because it's so direct and it's just saying like speak to me with that authority so what does that mean where did that come from so one of my biggest challenges has always been that I was not taken seriously because of my age and at first, you know, I was like, I would just call people around Jackson. I was like, I have this idea for this company. I don't know what it's called, but I want to build bras. And they were like, that's so cute. Or like, that's so sweet of you. You know, good for you, little girl. That's so adorable. And I was like, this is not really an adorable idea. Like, this is a really big idea. I had built these products and launched this Kickstarter and had the success. Oh, look at her. What a, what a sweet thing that she's done. I felt like it was very demeaning and We work with girls every day that are building their own confidence and becoming young women. And I think that girls have really big ideas that should be taken seriously. Well, and I love that. And I love some of your products. Some of your t-shirts say, think like a girl, drop dead confident, future Mm -hmm. Olympian, lead like a girl. And it seems like there should be a lot more out there already that's doing this. So I just think it's so amazing that you are putting this out there for these girls to basically own it. Well, thank you. When we introduce these things, I'm like, why hasn't somebody else done this before? I think we're also in a great time where this conversation is happening and there's a lot of organizations and companies and brands that are out there to support girls. But for some reason, this age group just gets missed. So I think that it's an exciting place for us to think about of like what else can we build and create for these girls it really is about owning it because being smart is awesome and working really hard and being ambitious and you know going after what you want I think is really great and that more girls should feel comfortable doing those types of things so what does your role look like now going from where you started to now you're the CEO of this company I think it's so different in a lot of ways but I think as a startup and as a founder like it still feels a lot the same I mean I I try to always think of us as like this really scrappy startup because we work really hard and we are, 
you know, we're a lot bigger, but I think at the end of the day, we are building a high quality, phenomenal products for girls. And I think the things that's changed is that we've just gotten better at that and, and have gotten bigger. And so, you know, we're able to play around with like new styles and colors and products that we couldn't have earlier because we, you know, we didn't have that relationship with the factory or we didn't have the cash to buy the product. Every day is still so different, but being a founder is really cool. And I think that more girls should do it. You moved to New York for three years to build your brand after you had launched and to work with Aerie, American Eagle, and build that partnership. What made you want to move back to Wyoming? Because you built a successful brand. You could be anywhere, go anywhere. Why decide to come back to Wyoming and really establish Yellowberry in Wyoming? At the end of the day, it's like, you know, I need to be in the same room with my team. And it was really a realization of the things that make me happy are being in the mountains and being around not very many people and fresh air and going back to really my roots in terms of a community and trust and really being around people that I love all the time. So that was why I moved back. And I'm so happy that I did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and now that you're back, what else have you discovered that you weren't expecting? I just, I think that I found... The inspiration of just being home, but also just like a happiness. And it was also a realization of like, look, if I am going to be the founder CEO, like really running this company, I have to be in a place personally where I'm in a good spot and I'm capable of doing that, which I am able to do here. You're back. You're building this brand in Wyoming. What's your number one piece of advice for anyone wanting to be an entrepreneur, go after their vision and just do what you've done? You know, ideas are really great, but they don't mean anything until you do something with it. We all have these amazing ideas, but like the difference in someone who is and is not an entrepreneur or business owner is like you have the idea, then you have to run with it. And then secondly, you just have to ask so many questions. There's no dumb question. And, but there's also, you know, there's no path to follow. Every company is different. Every journey is different. It all feels like you probably don't know what you're doing. You know, it's like there's this great uh, comic I saw one time where it's somebody, it's like the, you know, this is entrepreneurship and somebody is thrown off a cliff with like a box and as they're falling towards their death, they put together a plane and they have to fly out. And I was like, that's what it is. Like that's what it over and over and over again. So I think it's okay to do something without prior knowledge. You just have to, you know, be humble and kind of ask a lot of questions and figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something about, there is no security Oh, no. (laughs) Net, right? Like you are getting pushed off the cliff and like you better figure out how you're not going to crash and burn. Yeah. I mean, I think about what I know now versus when I started. Like if I think if I knew all of the good and bad and pitfalls, I'm not sure I would have started this. I applaud people that are much older than me who quit their jobs and just go for it. Because for me, the worst that would happen was I was still in high school, so I would go to college. And honestly, like I did have a safety net of just my parents and being a young person, which is a huge advantage of being like a young entrepreneur. Also, the pitfalls are real. And I think especially when I moved to New York and I was like, I'm alone out here. I have to really figure out the city and an apartment and food and staying alive. You know, for whatever reason, that just became much more real because I had left home and kind of left the nest, if you will. I'm not sure at what point that sense of security ever goes away. I think like once you are growing and things are really moving, then I definitely sleep better at night now than I did. But on some level, it's always a little bit tumultuous, which is, I guess you kind of have to be okay with or learn to love. So five years ago, you started this. You've come so far. What is your greatest vision for where you see this going in the next five years? 
I have said this for a long time and I think it still rings true. So the same way that you're like, you have to get a tissue, you get a Kleenex, or you get a shaper, you get Spanx. If someone gets their first bra, oh, you go to Yellow Brain, of course. And I think as we've grown and as we've sort of really opened the door to seeing what this could become, those are the kind of the ideas that scare me. And I want Yellow Brain to be the brand for girls to grow up with. And starting with that first bra to get her all the way until she feels like she's ready to move on to her next step. You know, there's a lot more, a lot more work that we have in front of us, a lot more products to be able to build to kind of encapsulate that time period. But it's really exciting because I feel like we can make a difference. That was Megan Grassel, founder and CEO of Yellowberry. To see Megan's full profile and portraits, visit the project website at womeninwyoming.com. That's womeninwyoming.com. You can also follow the project and my journey on Instagram at Women in YO, that's Women in WYO, as well as on Facebook at Women in Wyoming. This chapter is supported in part by the Wyoming Community Foundation, the Bobby Modell Charitable Fund, and the Equipoise Fund. Momentum is our nonprofit fiscal partner. I'm Lindsay Linton Buck, and you've been listening to Women in Wyoming. <laughs>